Welcome, Lumberjack fans. We have a special guest today uh, to talk to us a little bit about WAC and joining the WikiWAC, as we've been the calling Wiki it. WikiWAC, let's get wacky. Um, so we have Daryl Trujillo. Uh, we're so pleased to have him join us. Daryl, tell us a little bit about, you work with the CBU Lancers. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, I'm a, a contributing writer for WackingDigest.com, also the senior writer for InlandSports.wordpress.com out of San Bernardino. We do cover CBU okay. as our WAC member. Um, mm-hmm. I primarily cover the uh, women's basketball team along with baseball, softball, and volleyball. Um, my boss, Pat Fernandez, does the men's games for WAC Digital Network, um, but I, I do cover the men occasionally every now and again. Um, CBU has the record on the men's side for most wins in the first two years of transition um, from D2 to D1 at 37, uh, 21 and 16. Um, okay. I've, I've got to believe the women are on pace for something similar, but I can't find those records. So um, so we'll leave that be. Um, <laughs> I've, I've been around sports my entire life. I was a high school golfer. Four years of high school volleyball ref, made it to a CIF final in 2016, NCAA Division II line judge, you name it, I've done it, and I've just transitioned over to the other side. Cool. So how do you like that? How long have you been writing for Wet Coops Digest? Uh, this is my first year with the Digest contributing okay. content, but um, mm-hmm. in sports, um, I, this is my almost fourth year. Um like I said, I specialize in volleyball, basketball, softball, baseball, golf. I do just a hint of football to keep my bosses happy, but that's <laughs> not where I enjoy spend my time. That sounds like um, me. I do just a little bit of football to keep Alex happy, but otherwise I'm more mainstreamed on basketball. And you do just enough. Just, <laughs> just enough to squeak by. To keep me around. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Well, cool. Um, We did see also that y'all have an anchor podcast for Wack Coops Digest. So tell us a little bit about the format on that. How often, who does it? Yeah, um, Kyle McDonald is the forerunner of our website and the Mm -hmm. podcast kind of does that that end of thing. Um, We try to do it once every week or week, week and a half or so. Um, Like some weeks, like last week, you just... You know, with Grand Canyon and New Mexico playing, we thought we'd hear from both sides of the rivalry. So we got both radio guys um, for GCU New Mexico, and New Mexico State. Um, not sure what we're going to be doing this week. Um, schedule in the WAC is uh, for CBU to visit New Mexico State. I want to say that game is being played at Utah. but That, that sounds right. Are, those details are still being hashed out. Mm-hmm. I do know that it costs New Mexico State five grand to rent the Haskins Center every time they use it. <laughs> That's okay because New Mexico State's not playing in New Mexico at all this season, correct? correct. Okay, yeah, they can, they can practice in the Pan American Center, they just can't play games in the Pan American. Okay, for, it, it doesn't make sense to me at all. That I guess it doesn't equate at all. Is it just because they aren't able to have fans in there? Yeah, they're they're co- it's their COVID 19 protocol, right. so um, from their governor. Yeah. Um, they, they are in New Mexico. They're not even playing any high school sports. Although I think the NMAA was given a clearance to resume in the last couple of weeks. I'd have to go back and look at that. Interesting. Hopefully, yeah. Man, I don't know what Texas would would do if we didn't have any <clears throat> high school sports in Texas, especially football. They probably would be against Davit if that had happened. Oh, I mean, there would have been an absolute like riot at the Capitol building. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One for a year is enough. 
Um, right. <laughs> okay, so since you kind of mentioned the uh, the GBU New Mexico State, is that pretty much the biggest rivalry in the WAC? The GCU suit, yeah. The, well, we have a couple of deep, pretty good rivalries in the WAC. We have you know GCU and New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Lopes are you know a recent Division two to Division one uh, completing the transition, um, and they. I don't know if you all remember from the presser, but there was some talk about GCU maybe adding football. There was talk, yeah. President Mueller kind of squashed that. He's like, we want to be a basketball school. And in order for them to win a ba- to be a basketball school, you gotta be able to beat the best. And in the whack, it's New Mexico State, and they did that last weekend. They sw- they took both games of the series um, at home. Yeah. So, I mean, just to look, you know, kind of let your listeners in on kind of some history of the whack. New Mexico State on the men's side, five of the last six regular season titles, five straight um, whack tournament finals. Or as we like to call it, Whack Vegas. I love that. I like it too. <laughs> I love that. That should be on a shirt if it's not. <laughs> I'll let Rachel Beagle from Whack Digital know. Maybe she can come up with it because I'm not that artistic enough to do it. <laughs> yeah, if not, we'll make us some to wear we'll the make, first we'll time. We'll make some shirts to wear. Yeah. Um, yeah tournament, actually. Um, I'm going to see if maybe I can get out there this year and see what what the rules are for them letting, you know, media into the arenas or if we have to work remotely or right. all those things because we just don't know. My well, The only conference tournament I've done in my career was CBU's final year in Division Two. I did the Pac West tournament, which they host in the event. Oh, okay. So it was local. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It was an yeah. easy week for me. I didn't have to commute. Um, the only t- hard part was it was CIF finals basketball week, too. I was like, okay, what do I do? Do I do high schools or do I take TVU's final Pac West uh, tournament? And I chose to take the Pac West tournament. Nice. Yeah, I probably, probably would better. Have that too, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One place, four games, you know, ten yeah. games in three days. Simple. Can't beat that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Um, so yeah, so there are, are there any other rivalries in the whack that we have to get ready for? I mean, because obviously you yeah. know that Sam Houston and us, like we are we are big rivals. We are the pretty much the number one rivalry um, in the Southland. I mean, we're the biggest and the oldest. Um, you know, we've had kind of smaller rivalries here and there. I mean, obviously we have one with Northwestern across the across the border, and then um, you know, slowly but surely, I feel like ACU and us have kind of started like bumping heads a little bit. So, um, any other rivalries we should uh, be? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you know, CBU and Grand Canyon, just because of proximity and the fact mm. that they've both D2 to D1 transition programs. CBU will be finishing that process next year. Mm-hmm. Um, their WAC tournament eligible this year by a vote of the uh, administrators of the WAC. Um, basically, is like, hey, they've done so well the last the first, the first couple of years. Let's kind of go ahead and reward Butter them. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you have the Utah court. Utah Valley and, um, well, when... Utah Valley and Dixie now, since Dixie joined the WAC this year. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of a, a little I-15 triangle there. And then when Southern Utah comes in, that's that's a natural-born rivalry because all three of those campuses are within, I think it was a two hours, three hours, and maybe not even that much. Wow. Yeah, so, that's close. Really, the biggest <laughs> thing there is now Seattle becomes the outlier of the WAC. They have to fly everywhere on, 
on their own. Mm. Um, but I mean, that's that, that that's all Western Division stuff. I mean, I, I know there's going to be some crossover games. Is what it sounded like at the presser. So, kind of talk about talk about some like uh, touristy uh, for folks <clears> flying <throat> in. I kind of love, uh, okay. Around the FFA campus that uh, oh boy, good eat and. Uh, touristy stuff so we well we could give yeah. a whole separate podcast on echo just touristy stuff um because i've talked about that yeah i'm from neck so i i've grown up in neck my whole life um and alex has lived there since college so yeah i've you know. been here for almost let's see since 2007 so with maybe like one or two gap years where i lived back in houston but yeah so we we have there's a lot to do obviously we are in not necessarily like deep east texas because that's a whole nother uh that's a whole nother world over there but we are in east texas and so the closest airports are either dallas or houston there is a smaller airport in tyler Tyler. longview Mm -hmm. area um so where people would fly into not 100 it just depends and then uh, if they're coming from Dallas or coming from Houston, there's obviously different stops along the way. But in Nacogdoches, in in our little uh, oldest town in Texas, we are super historical. So there are a lot of cool historical things to do in, in uh, Nacogdoches. A lot of history, a lot of old houses, a lot of uh, walking tours, things like that. Um, historic tours, a different buildings, things like that. Uh, Jacqueline knows probably a lot more about the um, kind of like stuff pre-2007 um, that happened. Yeah, that and the, our, yeah. our CVB does a really great job on, you know, having touristy info on stuff like that to do. So that would mm-hmm. be a definite first stop. Um, For sure. We have the Fredonia Hotel, which is a huge icon. Is this, um, I think they opened it in like the 50s. I don't know. Uh, that sounds right had to be anyway um and then it was closed down for a while and they've opened it back up and refurbished it and everything and it's it's just amazing um it literally so gives that's... out like mad men vibes it's like <clears throat> you know what i mean it kind of it, it's very art deco you feel like you're yeah definitely like you're trans kind of transformed and transferred back to 1960s you know uh, you feel like you're walking into some sort of like uh what's the word i don't even know what the word not like a new york hotel but like like a gangster 60s kind like of vibe. Swanky, you know what yeah. I mean? It has like Mad Men vibes for sure. Yeah, but um, it, it's a great place to stay. They have a great um, restaurant there inside the hotel. They have a great bar inside the hotel. And they actually also have a steakhouse that's very much like feels like you're in a bigger city um, that's just yes. open on the weekends. It's really nice. Uh, we have several little kind of uh, divey type places with great barbecue. Um Yeah, there's uh, pretty much the places that we go typically. Like, that'd probably be the easiest way because obviously we we live here. Jacqueline lived here for a while. I live here currently. Um, What we do is, like, the local things. And that's what I would kind of recommend. You do, like, a little bit of the touristy stuff with, like, the historical things. And then you go and do a lot of the local stuff. So, I mean, we have right down the street, kind of like living. If you stay in downtown at the Fredonia or there's a bunch of bed and breakfasts or B&Bs in the little downtown area is what would be kind of like highly uh, recommended because you could easily walk everywhere. So you could walk from the Fredonia Hotel down the street to actually the Fredonia Brewery where I spend the majority of my time. Because um, <laughs> they have trivia, they have music, they usually have food trucks and they have a pizza place in there. Um, 
and it's open Thursday through Saturday. And then right next to the Fredonia, they just opened a wine bar and bistro. Um, it's one of those things where you kind of have to like walk behind a house and then you find like this like whole nother world and bistro down there where they have crepes and wine from like, like 95 different types of wine from all over the world. Um, it's so good. And then we have two other wineries, one out in Timbuktu with no self-service, but <laughs> equally as good. And then one in downtown called Red House Winery, um, where they also have, you know, tastings and things like that. And then, of course, all the different food places downtown. Like, the number one place for food in downtown that you, if you come to Nack and you don't go to, you will be, you will be scorned and you will be <laughs> laughed at. you, you got to go to Dolly's Diner. It is a absolute must for pancakes yeah they have great great pancakes um and the the lady who owns it um dolly is very like i don't even know how to explain her style it's like i want to say like yeah mixed with like betty boop or something because she's almost like yes that's it a very 50s like style i don't know um she's awesome dresses her hair is kind of like twisty like 50s yeah, definitely Betty Boop. I think that was the best uh, yeah. explanation for that, for sure. But the pancakes are out of bounds. Like, honestly, if you if you choose IHOP over Dolly's, like, you are insane. Yeah, so bottom line is insane. don't don't come to NAC and eat any chain restaurants. Like, No, you don't need to eat We have NAC. tons nope. of local, unique I, spots. I love mom and pop. Yeah, that's... That's literally our town is mom and pop. I mean... Like I said, you do not have to eat at a Chili's when you come to Nacogdoches. You, even though there's a Chili's, you shouldn't eat there. <laughs> there's plenty of barbecue places that are local, run by locals, run by SFA alums. There's plenty of coffee shops that are not Starbucks that you do not need to go to Starbucks. <laughs> Highly recommend you don't go to Starbucks. Um, and yeah, there's plenty of locally owned places and plenty of local B&Bs like don't stay if you can help it at a chain hotel like go stay at the Fredonia go stay at the B&Bs it's worth it and it's it's like shop local we're all about support local shop local eat local drink local in Mac so that's what we're about Ooh, I mean, yeah. I'm gonna have to come out there for a home weekend next year come you definitely will yeah it's definitely. a it's a fun it's a fun town it really is. I mean, it. Golf. Yeah. Yeah, we have a country club. Right yeah, down the road. we have a pri- one private course and one public course in that. Mm-hmm. Now I'm I'm trying to take up golfing, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> I played in high school. Um, I uh, got my butt kicked senior year by a, a former member of the LPGA tour. She she played on the boys team because uh, her school didn't have girls. Oh wow! Uh, and she won the title by 18 shots. Oh my god! And now I'm taking lessons from her. Yeah. Sweet. Well, that's a great. That's a great mentor then. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. And she does videos, so if you get started, I'll, I can put you in contact with her. You will have to. I'm. I'm going to be taking lessons this summer at one of the country clubs here in Tyler. So I'll need all the help I can get. All right. I we'll love when I come out there. Okay. And I. I I, I love golf. I've played golf. I'm not the best at golf, but I am one hell of a caddy. I will, I will say, I am, I used to caddy for my <laughs> uncle. Oh, yeah. We can walk out of this. I can make my travel budget. <laughs> let's go. Let's, I mean, let's right. go. 
I mean, there's plenty of stuff to do around here. Like we said, I mean, if there's any guy, anybody have any questions about Nacogdoches, but I mean, again, the one kind of negative is the fact that it is like farther from, you know, from like a Houston airport. It's two hours from Houston, about three or four hours from Dallas. Um, and if you can get a flight into the Tyler Longview, that's about an hour ish. Okay. Yeah, hour and a half. Yeah, hour and a half. Yeah. So I mean, that's like the one drawback, and that's why it's kind of been usually pretty hard to get teams, bigger teams, to come to us because a our environment is so hectic um, because we have such a big home card advantage, and b because it's like there's not really a lot of airport. (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully that'll change soon. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, we do have a count. We have county airports, but like. You know, for big charter planes, I don't know if, like, they can support that or not type thing. Um, but, yeah, any other questions you guys have about Nacogdoches? We are we are the go-tos. We got it. Um, I, let's talk some hoops now. I saw the first half of that SFA in Houston game, and then ESPN, watch ESPN just, I, I got stuck in a buffer mode, and I couldn't get Yap out of it. But what I saw was, I was very impressed with what I saw from SFA. They were able to turn Stan Houston over. They were able to take good quality <clears throat> shots on offense. Really a, a good, solid first half of basketball. Yeah, so the way they yeah. looked Saturday was what we were hopefully expecting, very hopefully expecting on Wednesday when we played Abilene Christian and got our 20-point L. But um, – that's two of our main strong suits is, and they mentioned it several times during the ACU game and the um, SAM game, the announcers did, that currently in the NCAA we're number two in field goal percentage. Um, so we we do take very good high-quality shots. Like we look for a good shot before we're just airing stuff up. Um, and we do force a lot of turnovers. Uh, however, SAM does the same thing. So it was, it yes. was a battle that day. Um, and I, I think we're pretty evenly matched on – yeah, and Sam had, I think, 12 turnovers. and I think we, we had, had 11. 10. Or, okay, yeah. 10 or, yeah, 10 or 11. I mean, we are ranked fifth in Division One in turnovers first force per game. I mean, we have 18.8 turnovers force per game. So, I mean, usually we're always up there. I mean, yeah. there's been a few years in the pace, past that we've been, like, number one in the country with turnovers per game. Yeah. Um, and so just a little bit behind where we normally are. Um you know, but of course we, uh, yeah, yesterday was, was nuts. I mean, we had, we were cautiously optimistic for the game, um, because of what happened on Wednesday versus ACU that we, I mean, we were expecting a fight versus ACU, but wasn't expecting that. Uh, and then coming into this game, we were just hoping for a good game. And then it started off. We press you came back in full force. I know, you know, coach Keller calls us press you. And so they really honestly came to play and, I, I couldn't be more pleased. It was a wild game. You missed a hell of a second half. That's all I'm going to say, Daryl. You missed a hell of a second half. <laughs> That's been me with the Watch ESPN app lately. <laughs> We're not getting along. I tried to watch the UConn-Tennessee women's game, the UConn-Arkansas women's game, and I, the same thing every time. I can get through the first half, and then I get the you know the perpetual load thing going on, and I can't watch the second half. It's really irritating. Don't they know who you are? This is that's <laughs> rude, rude. Well, I called tech support yesterday and uh, tried to work on it. So we'll see uh, t- this week if there's any of any of the ESPN games on WAC games on ESPN Plus. Uh, we'll try mm-hmm. it again. Um, but I was not a happy camper. Yeah, that is one thing I did notice about, and we'll get back to basketball in a second. Is that you guys have like a really good digital network too, as opposed to like us 
we either you got ESPN contracts or you have crappy or like crap crappy streaming or no streaming at all um, for those Louisiana schools. So that's one of the real high like pros about coming to the WAC is that you have that great you know digital service, digital network. Yes, the broadcasters are really good across the board in pretty much every sport. I mean, love to hear um, that. Uh, like CBU. Uh, Travis Van Noe does volleyball, baseball, softball. My boss, mm-hmm. as we do, does basketball. And then I don't know who they're going to get to do soccer because I think our soccer guy moved to Wyoming. Oh, mm-hmm. all right then. Um, he's doing high did high school football games out there uh, this fall, and I guess got engaged a couple of weeks ago. So shout oh. out, congrats! <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Yeah. So back to the Sam Houston game. I mean, I was just. I was just pleasantly, like, delighted as – I don't even know how else to explain it, how well we played against Sam. I mean, we really held them to – I just we, – we held them. I, I Usually usually their best score – like, one of their best scores, uh, I think his name is um, – It was Nuttall. Oh, yeah, Nuttall and the other guy. I can't remember his name. Yeah, I mean, like, usually Nuttall scoring, like, 18 points per game average, and we held him to, like, at least – to like 14. So I was like, yeah. So Nuttall and Lampley are usually their main two scorers. And we, Mm -hmm. we held them and kind of two other guys had to sort of step up and I've, and obviously, you know, I mean, they stepped up, they didn't step up enough for them to win, but I feel like what we did great and what we do great is we don't really have a set person who it's like every game, this is our high score. I mean, yeah, Cam will have a game where he might score 30. Rati might have a game where he scores 20. Gavin might score 30. Yesterday, David was the one who scored 22. Um, so We tend to spread it around. Yeah, so there's real no no real set like, okay, well, we're going to shut down number three, and then that's going to cripple them. Um, right. Because we just have other people who will step up. So Yeah, and they try doing that. They try to shut down Gavin, which they did a little bit, and, but not you know as yeah. much as they probably wanted to. They tried to shut down Cam, Cam, which, I mean, again, Cam still came out of the game with, um, how many points did Cam have? I forget. I think he was still in double digits, so I mean, I don't he think. He had nine. Anything. He had nine? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's not as normal, but anyway. But I mean, what he missed, you know, didn't have in points, he kind of made up for in other places, which is kind of normal for them. You know, if they don't, if they're not high score, they usually make up for it somewhere. Maybe it's free throws. Yeah. Maybe it's rebounds, maybe assists, rebounds, assists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is always a good point. But man, David, 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 he, he, he killed it. He killed it yesterday. That's the best we could say it. I mean, he went off, and I love it. Still love it. He's been doing really well the past couple games. I mean, I feel like in the beginning of the season, he's been really kind of like very chill. Not really, not saying he not stepped up, but like kind of just cruising along there. But then the last few games, he's just been like firing in all cylinders and really kind of stepping up in the scoring points wise, which is. Is, that a, is it kind of this matchup kind of a preview of what we might see in a Southland tournament final? Oh, um, yeah. Should we reach that point? <laughs> yeah, I mean, depending on whether or not the NCAA approves our postseason well, yeah. uh, sanction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's still kind of like <clears throat> up in the air if they're going to move it back to this season or not. I mean, if they move it back to this season, then our main goal, and Coach Keller talked about this last night, and so did David, I think, in their postgame presser, 
uh, basically saying like we're at this point like they're playing for the regular Southland regular season conference title um, just in case it gets approved they, then they won't be in the postseason um, oh. yeah so if it gets approved we won't be in the postseason we're going for we're going for the jugular we're going for the regular season title um, and if it doesn't get approved then I fully intend on seeing SFA versus Sam in or even SFA versus ACU if they can you know beat Sam Houston um, in the in the fight in the final matchup but I mean again we got to get there and if we're we're there then yeah it's going to happen if not then it's obviously going to be probably ACU and Sam and full disclosure I'm not a big conference tournament guy I fully believe the NCAA tournament birth should be based on you know the two or three months of work and that you do in the regular season not somebody getting hot for what, four, three or four days in the month of March. Yeah. I, I tend to agree with you. I tend to agree too, but then the the whole apex of the NCAA tournament is who's hot today. So, I don't know. It's tough. Good point. It's tough I mean, either it's, way. It, yeah, I mean, there's pros and cons, I feel like, <clears> to, to both, to be honest. And so, I mean – we're looking forward to whack Vegas. So, I mean, in that respect, I mean, we're all in for that now. Yeah. Yes. Is, it, is that going to be a kind of thorn in our side in the future? Because we're obviously moving into a different, uh, different conference with better competition. Um, yeah. That may, that may suck for a few seasons moving into it, but just because of the fact that we're so used to being like top dog in, in ours and we may be moving into a conference where, Oh crap. We kind of have to fight. We're not really top dog anymore at the moment. So, um, well, I, I get the feeling. I, I don't know how they're going to seed the tournament just because that wasn't kind of announced at the presser. Right. But you got to imagine it's going to be some kind of format where it's going to be like, you know, maybe they'll take four teams from the, the Texas division and the top four from the West division, put them together in Whack Vegas. That, not we literally. That's exactly what we had discussed because, I mean, that's just the most simple and obvious way to do it so we had literally had that exact conversation i think yesterday and because we were sitting there thinking like well how will that even work it's like well since they're doing divisions you'd think that they'd pick a few from over here and a few from over there stick them all at whack vegas and then duke it out um <clears throat> that just seems like you said logical the most logical step but we always know that sometimes what we consider to be logical isn't what everybody else considers to be logical so, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially when it comes to the NCAA. Yeah. You guys been Duke a couple of years ago. I want to kind of talk about, do you guys still feel like the program is kind of riding the wave from that victory in Cameron Indoor? Like, uh, Coach Keller has a whole bunch more credibility and, you know, kind of room with the program. You know, if there's like a stumbling year or something, like, well, hey, he, he beat Duke a couple of years ago. So, I'll, I'll start, because um, I have a lot of, Things, but so it was actually only a little over a year ago. It was last season, um, right before Thanksgiving, uh, and I, I think we are still, but in we are and we aren't, but both in good ways. If that makes sense, um, I think it did obviously bring a lot of recognition to our name, and people are kind of like, oh, Keller, you know, Keller knows what he's doing. Like they've got a really strong program, um, and yeah, I mean, we beat we beat Duke at Duke and broke an almost 20 year home game win streak. So yeah, we're like, I'm going to have it engraved on my tombstone. Like we're going to live on that forever. <laughs> but yeah. at the same time, I think the very next day, you know, Keller had multiple, um, 
calls with different people, interviews, and he said, you know, that he told the guys, okay, like, enjoy this day because tomorrow this day is over and we're on to other things. So I, I think he really made them enjoy the moment and then realize that moment is over and you can't you can't stake your success on that game for the rest of the season, you know. Um, so I think we moved forward from it pretty quickly. I know Alex yeah, probably has I, more stuff. Yeah, I mean, just to kind of, again, reiterate the fact that I feel like a lot of these guys, especially Coach Keller, like are super humble because we beat Duke and then they left that same night to come back to Nacogdoches and then literally it was Wednesday prior to Thanksgiving on Thursday. And where were these guys at? Were they doing pressers? Were they doing this? That? No, they were over here feeding, doing like the – the homeless shelter feeding food. I mean, that, that's what they do. Like they come back and instead of, you know, doing all these big, like, you know, welcome home parades or, you know, all these, you know, big recognition things, they're over here handing out food at the, at the shelter, you know? So it's like, they're just the same, the small guys from the small town in Nacogdoches. They had an amazing game, a huge upset, which we will always, always, always talk about and always remember. And, but I still, but I feel like that, as soon as that was over, they still got back to business because they still had a whole conference to play. And it was just luck of not necessarily the Duke win, but just as well as they played last season. Like they, I mean, what were they, 28-3, was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, see, I don't remember these numbers. Jacqueline does. Um, and so, I mean, <clears throat> we didn't. we didn't have to just basically almost – destroy everyone in conference except for maybe like one game I mean we could have came into the conference play and and even though we played well against Duke we could have came into conference play and totally got our butts handed to us I mean and so they are but they're not you know like they're still riding the wave because I mean Nate was at the game yesterday Nate Bain he was at the game yesterday at SFA coming to the Sam game he was wearing his number 32 jersey um, and people are still talking about him. They're still mentioning him. They're still talking about all of the post-game um, GoFundMe account stuff for his family in the Bahamas. You know, people are still talking about it and mentioning it. But to him, he is so humble about it. He's just like, yeah, I was just doing my job. Like, oh, well, you know, like they're, you know, they, they didn't ride the wave for long. You know, they were like, okay, got to get back to business type thing. So um, they'll still talk about it. Nate will still mention it, but, I mean, he's super humble about it. I mean, if people were coming up to him yesterday and asking for pictures and, and autographs and all that stuff. And he's just like, oh, yeah. I can't wait to have fans back in the CBU event center. We, our games, we have we have no fans. We have the cardboard cutouts. Oh. Um, when I cover a CBU game, my position is up right next to the WAC Digital Network cameraman instead of being on the floor level. Because, yeah. you know, we do social distancing and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm not complaining. It's not a bad view. If you go online and you look at the pictures of the event center, there's not a bad view of the house. It's just, and you're just so used to being on the floor level from so many, however many years I've been, almost four years of doing this, working from the floor. That's like when you're up by the cameraman, it's like it's a different view. Agreed. Daryl, we agree um, wholeheartedly with that statement, too, because we're used to being literally the first row behind the bench. And so because of COVID, they've obviously had to take out the first three rows around the entire Coliseum and black and like basically tarp them off. And we're having to sit 
technically six rows now behind the bench. And so there's really usually not anybody sitting in front of us, which is great. So it kind of feels like we're still on the first row, but it's a whole different experience than being right behind the bench, like immediately first row behind the bench and being like six rows up. It's a whole different experience. And it's just, it's just weird. It's weird. So like right now in the WAC, I believe GCU is the only, and maybe the Utah schools are the only schools currently letting fans into their games. Um, limited numbers, obviously, like three right. and 900. Well, 900, yeah. <laughs> And that's but, about that's about where we've been at because I, I think they've said we can only have like thirty percent capacity or something at most. I can't remember. I think I think the most was like two thousand. I think that's like the cutoff for us. And they because our yeah they've rearranged all of the season ticket holders to where we're all spread out and there's there's at least like six seats on each side of you and then the seats behind you and the row behind and front will be empty. So it's very spread Should out. Should be empty. Should be empty. Yeah. Which is why yeah. we got pushed pushed back to row six instead of the first yeah. row, but we're just happy to be there. Will. Yeah, I mean we're 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 okay. I mean we knew it was going to be a, a kind of a transition, and we knew it was going to not, you know. And, and basically, we said from the beginning, you know, we're not going to give you guys any trouble about this because you know you're just doing what you're supposed to be doing. Um, yeah. But it, it stinks, and we hate it. But we're going to come, and I'd rather have this as our problem than not be able to come at all. Exactly. I don't, I don't, I mean, I couldn't even imagine how the rest of the WAC is feeling when they can't have anybody, anybody, <clears throat> minus the people it, support staff. It's wild. It's, it's a weird feeling being in the event center and no fans, um, pumped in crowd noise. Um, oh. like I'm, I'm sitting right next to the cameraman and they're my only guys to talk to because like, <laughs> I've been the only beat writer at pretty, at every CBU game I've done this yeah. Um, my colleagues from the other papers out here, actually, I got a, a DM from one of them saying, hey, what are the game day protocols? Because uh, he wanted to come and do some games on the, the back end of the year. I think he was saying he wanted to do one of the GCU women's games when GCU comes out the week after Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, should we reach that point? Um, I mean, it's, it's just tough. Like right now, like, like I said, I'm looking at my schedule. I'm, I'm supposed to do one of the CBU New Mexico women's games. But I don't. We don't know if New Mexico is going to get cleared. The men are in law at New Mexico, um, and we we don't. Well, New Mexico's cleared, so that series should be a go. Right. But I mean, having to write remotely is just not easy. That's what I did this weekend. It was pouring out here, so I didn't want to drive. <laughs> so I have stories on the WAC Digest website that I wrote remotely. <laughs> I used I used the radio broadcast for quotes. I used the play by play on it. just whipped up something really quick in like an hour and a half for Friday and Saturday. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> There's actually, there are a lot of actual, because uh, we, we're friends with a couple of the people that do like local news around here. Um, and so, yeah, they kind of have similar issues too where they're usually on the court, like taking up close shots and everything. And then they're, not, you know, they're shoved all up to the very top of the concourse with a plastic folding table. Um, because that's the only place they can sit to do their, to do their, you know, stuff. Because normally they're sitting on the court, right, at the, you know, media table. But now they can't because of essential only personnel type thing. And so now they're up on the top of the concourse. And it's just, it, it stinks. The, the whole thing 
reeks and stinks. I mean, there's no other way to say it. At least we can have people on the on the you know in in the stands and have have fans to some capacity. But I mean, thankfully the fans kind of came out in droves yesterday. Otherwise, I don't think we would have the same you know atmosphere that we did because if you watch the Sam Houston SFA games from the past, that place is wall to wall packed, like full of people we've had sellouts we've had people standing room only in that game before so having less than 7,000 people in the sawmill for a Sam Houston game was weird oh and, yeah I, I can imagine I was watching the ESPN feed and I was thinking about this and I was like it, you know I'm you know I was happy that you guys are able to get fans into the games but mm-hmm. it meant feel very weird to be covering that game and not see a packed house Right. It was weird to us as well. <laughs> definitely, definitely. <clears throat> a pretty good role. Um, you guys feel like they should be getting some uh, AP Top 25 love, kind of like Delaware a few years back um, when they had Elena Deladon? Yeah. I mean, I personally, I, I think we do. I, I can't believe that we're not. I mean, I don't even know if we're even getting any votes in the Top AP. I have no idea. Um I haven't, yeah, I, I, mean, I haven't, I don't, you know, the, in the AP poll, it doesn't show you like received votes, like, you know, in the high school polls or the college insider poll, but I mean, y'all are ranked, um, I think it's two or three spots higher than CBU, who's undefeated right now, mm-hmm. and undefeated in the WAC, and they're not even receiving votes, and the thing that gets me about that is, um, you know, the fact that the CBU program is a third-year transition program and they're undefeated, and nobody's picked it up nationally. Right. Um, and then for SFA, I know you guys have a like, long tradition of women's basketball success, but I, I'd venture a guess this is one of the better SFA women's teams, and nobody, I, I think it was Peyton from East Texas um, posted some of the <laughs> comparable scores on Twitter. Ah, <laughs> Peyton, yeah. Versus them and uh, some of the, and uh, Auburn between like Abilene and some of the other teams and they should be getting some AP top twenty five love. Okay, Just so and... I agree. And I literally, as soon as you asked that, I googled it and I went to the NCAA, went to Associated Press, and through today they actually are receiving. It says others receiving votes. SFA three. So we are getting some love just not top 25 technically uh, love because we're only getting three votes. Um, So that is a little bit of love, but not as probably as much as we probably deserve. Yeah. And I mean, I'll say, yeah. And I I think I can speak for both of us. Obviously we're going to be a little biased because we, we see them and we see how good they are day in and day out, um, you know, against all these different opponents. So, of course, we would love for them to get more more appreciation. But at the same time, um, you know, it's like like Alex mentioned with our proximity to major airports, it's, it's really hard for us to get anyone bigger or better than us to come play us at home. And then, you know, those road games and bye games are kind of few and far between when you can get them. So, I mean, we really haven't played – uh, just and this season is just crazy because of COVID anyway. But we've really only played a few schools that are that are really big enough for people to recognize and kind of look 
look at us because the the ladies kind of the big the big schools they've played this season is uh arizona state and we lost by nine um we played u of h and we only lost by two Uh, and then we did beat auburn at auburn by 13 um so that was a really great game but you know one one really great win against a bigger school is is I'm not saying it's not enough, but, you know, it, it's just enough so that doubting people can still say, well, they just got lucky that one day. Um, so it's just – it's hard. It's hard for us to get recognition, and it's hard for us to get schools to come play us that are the caliber we need to be playing to get recognition. So it's just tough. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, that, that was – yeah, that was my last question. Just as a mid-major fan of hoops, I mean, I you know – I, I watch more mid-major stuff. I watch more like uh, Missouri Valley, uh, um, Colonial, Big West. I mean, I'm responsible for the Big West. I cover UCR um, a little bit, and obviously the WAC stuff. So I was like, I was watching the the Sam game on Saturday, and I was like, wait a minute, we should be at least getting some AP votes. Uh, totally agreed. And being there in person, watching them on Saturday. I mean, again, lights out. I mean, they're they're absolutely crushing, crushing girls' teams in the Southlands. Like, all the ladies' teams, all the women's teams in the Southland, they're crushing them. So, I mean, you would think that they would get more, more AP love. Now that I know they're getting a little bit of love, again, that's good. Should they get more? Yeah. But at this point again like you said ap doesn't really like to cater to mid majors very much either so um i will say this when when you guys are coming into the WAC next year um grand canyon right now on the women's side is leading the nation in turnovers at just under i want to say 27 last time i looked at the number um that their coach uh, molly miller is a d2 to d1 transition she was at drury her alma mater for i want to say it was five years before taking the GCU job, um, but that's going to be a team to keep an eye on. Um, on the in the WAC when you guys move over, um, New Mexico's been tra- historically strong. They won uh, five straight regular season titles between two coaches. Before that was a snap last year by a former member UMKC uh, Missouri Kansas City who left for the uh, Summit League. And I think the CBUC program is going to be pretty good for a little while, even though they. Uh, have a few seniors graduating at, at the end of the season. Uh, although with the new rules, we'll see what that looks like. Right. Good point. Good point. Yeah. So it's definitely going to be interesting, and that's kind of like what our last question was, and you kind of touched on it just a smidge um, a minute ago. But like, we wanted to kind of hear from your end on the wax side of stuff. You know, what are the general? What is the general like uh, hubbub? The buzz? The the gossip about the Texas four coming into the WAC. Like, is it something like they're excited about, they're ready for it, they're ready for new competition or something, something like, oh God, like these schools, man, this is going to be hard. These, these guys play hard. It's going to be, makes it even harder for us competition wise. Um, we're basically just asking that because there's still a lot of fans, um, not as many as there were before, but there still is a small sect of fans in, you know, Southland fans, SFA fans who are still like skeptical about the move, not really quite understanding the entire entirety of it and how it's going to benefit us SFA in the long run. So maybe just kind of talk about the buzz on the WAC side for us coming in. 
The buzz for the the new group of the Texas Four um, and Southern Utah, we're happy to get get new teams. Um, you guys coming in and Chicago le- Chicago State leaving, which Chicago State was um, basically irrelevant in pretty much every sport they fielded um, in the West. Oh, that's, that's unfortunate. Um, that sounds like some of ours. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, it, it, it's just telling it like it is. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I think they won one game on the men's side, uh, was it last year? No, no, it was on the women's side last year. They beat Bakersfield, who's no longer in the WAC. So Bakersfield went to the Big West. Um, but, I mean, adding the new fork, all those Texas teams plus Southern Utah, mm-hmm. we get football back, which was the big, was not the biggest precipitous factor of the move, but it's, it's a huge upgrade in every sport across the board. Absolutely. Baseball, softball, volleyball, basketball. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's got to be an upgrade in soccer. I don't know soccer well enough to know that, but um, we, we love it. We're, we're happy to have all these new teams coming in. We're, we're excited for crossover, you know, crossover between the divisions. Again, not sure what form that'll take, but um, yeah. I know if CBU, if CBU gets a crossover to SFA, I'm going to make my uh, travel plans. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, let us know. Yeah. We're ready. Yeah, no, we love to hear that because because I feel like again, like I said, the general consensus, consensus, the general kind of informed fan at SFA is excited about it. I did, I think there is, like I said, just a small population of maybe just like the everyday bandwagoner slash fairweather fan who's just sitting back like, well, why are we moving? Why do we want to leave the Southland where we are like top dog to move to a team or to a conference where we may have to like really actually, you know, be challenged. I'm like, well, why wouldn't you want to be challenged? Like, that's the whole point. I don't understand why people just want to be complacent all the time and just kind of like ride the wave, you know, of not really growing and just kind of remaining where you're at. And that's the whole purpose of us going to the WAC is like, because we want to, you know, get better, have better competition, you know, continue growing as a premier mid-major sport, uh, sport school. So, I mean, I just, I, I'm excited for it. Um, hopefully talking with you and just as this, as the year goes on, because yeah, we are joining a little bit earlier than what was originally (laughs) planned. So, uh, I think hopefully by then people will kind of have their concerns kind of quelled a little bit and they won't be as like, about it. So yeah, I I feel like, um, if people actually, um, Take in a WAC game or two, basketball game or two on the WAC Digital Network, and I um, and just see the level of basketball talent in this conference. Let alone the other sports: baseball, volleyball, softball. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think they're going to find that it's a really solid basketball conference, top to bottom, right now. With the exception, like I said, of Chicago State, um, but they're going to be leaving next year, so that becomes a pretty much a non-factor. Um, right. But they're going to find a really solid basketball conference with great coaches, great student athletes, and they're going to want. They're going to be excited about the jump. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, even though you, the Texas schools are still forming their own division, they're going to be excited for those crossover games when, say, a CBU or a Grand Canyon flies out, or SFA or Sam flies out to Riverside or uh, or Phoenix. They're going to be excited for those trips and want to make those trips and. Uh, Hopefully, when all returns to normal, like make those trips um, and, and watch their teams against some really high-level mid-major basketball talent. Because ultimately, that's what Mueller at TCU said: is we want this to be a premier 
mid-major basketball conference. Right. And the add, uh, uh, you know, the other sport and a premier mid-major conference across the board, and that's what we're getting with you guys coming in. Absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And and, and there are, like I said, the, the vast majority of informed basketball and just athletic supporters at SFA, the people that actually, like, support the Purple Lights Fund, which is like our fundraising arm of athletics. Like the people that are involved, like all of those people are so pumped. They're ready for the crossover games. They're ready to travel to, you know, to Grand Canyon. They're ready to travel to, you know, Southern Utah. Like they're ready to travel and like put forth that effort and be and be that mid-major. Um, so we're, we're excited. Jacqueline and I are pumped. We're excited for the new, to get to know these new teams and to get to know uh, all the, the whack people and to just, you know, all around get wacky. We're ready for it. So, um, again, we... There's actually, games on, there's actually games on a Monday night in the whack. If you want to tune in on the WDN, there's a, some volleyball and uh, one lone women's basketball series actually involving a Texas school. It's uh, Tarleton traveling to Grand Canyon. Oh, nice. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> we'll have to check it out. Yeah, we'll have to because, again, you guys have that amazing digital network, which we are super excited about too. So that way more fans can take in more sports um, on a better platform. So that's... Yeah, I, I feel like the Southland uh, broadcasters were not very good. No. Watching. Yeah, it, it varies vastly from game to game, honestly, like Alex was saying earlier, because yeah. some basically the four of us who are coming to join the WAC, you know, we have ESPN agreements, and so we can have our, our feed on there. But... A lot of these schools, and then we have a Southland app, but then not all the Southland schools are set up to stream their games on the Southland app, and some don't have to, like us, because we have ESPN. And so then some of the schools have their own independent form format of streaming where you have to pay for it through their school's website, and then it's just it's, su- it's just it's subpar announcing. And I was going to watch Grand Canyon at Houston and. Houston Baptist and on the women's side, but I didn't want to pay the whatever it was seven bucks or whatever to. Listen, you miss you miss nothing but watching them play in like a high school gym. So it's literally a high school gym. That's so, okay. that's all that yeah. you missed. <laughs> yeah, no offense, I, yeah, no offense to Caleb um, if you're listening, but yeah, it's a high school gym. <laughs> like I said, for for your fans that are out there, um, take in a couple of these games like tonight. Um, like I said, Tarleton at Grand Canyon is a rescheduled series, but you're going to find that. It's, a good brand of mid-major women's basketball and then when we pick up men's this week um, on uh, Friday with the, the split of men's series just pick up a, a men's game or two and you're going to you're going to get excited really quick I feel like I agree so I guess this is like the final thing since you just brought this up like I know you guys mentioned that you play like series so like back to back games in basketball in the WAC or how does that work um, that's, and, okay so that's a COVID-19 protocol for this year. Okay. Um, okay. The back okay. Back Traditionally, we would play a Friday or Thursday, Saturday, or they've done some wacky things just because of the travel schedules and the, you know, the varying number of teams. I mean, there was one year in volleyball, I want to say we did Saturday, Monday, or Sunday, Tuesday, something kind of inky like that. Um, but that the back-to-back thing is just a COVID-19 protocol. I expect okay. that whenever we emerge from the other side of this, we'll go back to the tr- traditional one-off-one. Okay. 
So typically, I guess then for say like a guys game, I know you initially don't necessarily don't cover guys, but like say like for a guys basketball game, you know, is it traditionally always on the same two nights per week or does it flip around or because usually for us, it's literally a Wednesday night game and a Saturday game. And the Wednesday games are a pill because (sighs) A, it's a Wednesday game and B, they're usually like at 630 and also, nobody goes to those because it's Wednesday and everybody's at church. So, yeah. And then um, time to travel on a Wednesday. Yeah. So, what we would do traditionally is it would be, I want to say it's Thursday, Saturday. That sounds um, right. And then we would just flip flop. So, like, uh, okay. the SFA men would be, some, be at the same opponent um, that the SFA women are playing at home. It would be something similar to that. Okay. Very rarely, if ever, would you get a doubleheader in the WAC. Oh. Gotcha. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. See, that's another thing we'll just have to get used to because, I mean, in the Southland, like, we've had multiple doubleheader weekends, even during COVID. Like, we've had a couple already um, where we would have – we'd be playing the same team. Like, we would both be playing, you know – typically like Sam Houston or we're both playing Northwestern or something or Lamar, which we had a Lamar. Right. And like for us, it's, it's not as often that a doubleheader is on a weeknight game, but usually the Saturday games are always doubleheaders. Yeah. Yeah. In the three, now three years that CBU has been in the whack, I don't think we've ever had a doubleheader. We've had doubleheader non-con. Okay. I wonder what the Um, reasoning is for that. I don't hmm. That's a very good question. That's actually something I'd probably have to ask Chris Thompson if I get to talk to him at WAC Vegas, the uh, WAC media director. Yeah, Yeah, I would love for you to um, pose that question because I I just feel like for home game, like for a home weekend game, why wouldn't you want to have a doubleheader and then your your fan base has the opportunity to see both men and women play and not be divided trying to decide if they're going to stay or travel? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, no, that's actually it's it's actually a very valid question. Actually. Surprised, I didn't even think to ask it. Um, but yeah, if I go to Whack Vegas, or even even if I cover it, and I get a chance to talk to Chris. I'll, I'll pose that for him. Yeah, that'd be great to know. Just because, like Jacqueline said, it just seems like, especially for those traveling fans, and especially for moving into the WAC where there might be, um, you know, more travel involved for some of the teams. Like it would just make kind of make more sense, you know, especially if, like, say CBU was coming to Nacogdoches both guys and girls just make it a one like stop trick pony type thing and not have to do like a yeah. Thursday and a Saturday. Yeah. What it, like what you might find in the whack too is like SFA baseball and softball will be home on the same weekend, but against different opponents. Mm-hmm. Um, you might yeah. find that. Um, cause there's, and there's actually on the baseball and soft, baseball side of things, there's a couple of baseball only schools in the whack. Um, Sacramento State and I want to say it's Northern Colorado. Are Interesting. Okay. Because the Big Sky does not offer baseball. Gotcha. Gotcha. I know we'll have to do the same thing that we did when we were in the Southland for like uh, for like bowling and for beach volleyball because yeah. uh, even though the Southland has bowling, um, there's not that many member schools in the Southland that have bowling. So they're in like it's a Southland conference bowling, but it's like a bunch of other schools that don't even aren't even in uh they're just like bowling only or not necessarily yeah. bowling only but yeah but you get at my point yeah we 
And then for Sam Volleyball, I have no idea where the heck, what conference we're in for Sam Volleyball. I have no idea. Me neither. Because they just joined and they haven't been able to play because last season was supposed to be their first season and COVID hit. So it's like, anyway. It's just, yeah, Sam Volleyball is going to be an interesting one because um, the WAC doesn't offer it. Right. And I don't think there are that many institutions in the WAC that even offer it. It's any. CBU doesn't. Um, let me think. Grand Canyon does. Okay. Uh, um, I think they might be the only one to come to think of it. Interesting. Yeah, I'd have to check and see. And whenever they start playing, hopefully this season, uh, what actual conference that they're in for Sam Volleyball. Because, I mean, even, I think even in general, there's not too many schools, NCAA, Division One that have Sam Volleyball. Like, it's just not a super populated or popular sport, which is wild because I love Sam Volleyball. Sam Volleyball is insane. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a growing sport, though, but uh, you're it right. Really is, yeah. It really is, yeah. A smattering of uh, P5s, there's, you're right, there's not a lot that um, that have it, but yeah, you're right. I mean, I'm kind of curious now to see what the conferences are, because, like, the, the Pac-12 and the Big West out here have it, mm-hmm. but the WAC doesn't, in, in its traditional sense. Like, our right. WAC schools have to go find other places to play. Completely, and that's that's kind of wild that uh, California school doesn't have sand volleyball. I know. We'll, we'll see if they add it, but um, I'm I don't know. I think CBU is going to focus on the indoor side of it, and uh, you gotcha. know, we're improving in the whack. Yeah, absolutely. Again, I mean, we could go on talking forever about you know whack stuff and whack sports, and and we may do that one day. We may have like a more in depth conversation about like all the different sports and stuff. So. Uh, again, Daryl, we just thank you so much for, for coming on with us. And we're so excited for, uh, joining the WAC this summer and getting everything started. And then, you know, coming to, uh, you know, the crossover games and then hopefully going to WAC Vegas and next spring. So it'll, it's going to be a wild ride. We're excited. We're, we're excited to have you guys. And if, uh, SFA makes that trip to uh, Riverside, come on out. We'll do some touristy things. We'll make a, we'll make a blog out of it and, same yeah. thing, if the goes to Nacogdoches, we'll, we'll, I'll make my travel plans, we'll make a weekend out of it. For sure. We have plenty of 100%. things, plenty of fun things to do, and sites to see, and places to eat, and whatever you want to do. Yeah. Right. That, super excited about it. All right. Again, thank you, and hey guys, always remember to Axe and Jacks. With Alex and Jacks.